You're listening to Healing Through Tarot. I'm your host, Dr. Heather Hardison. Together, we're going to explore divination and help you start your own journey with tarot. I'll discuss my tarot journey and offer ways to use tarot for healing, self-development, and personal growth. So let's get started. Hi, listeners. Welcome to Episode 6 of Healing Through Tarot. In this episode, we are tackling the important subject of facing our inner critic and learning ways to tame that critic and stop self-sabotaging. First, let's talk about what your inner critic is and how to identify when your critic is active. Throughout all of my experience as a clinical psychologist, the one thing I have noticed that we all share in common is an inner critic. Sometimes I will refer to this as our inner gremlin. We all have them, even if you haven't noticed yet. But in my experience, most people know that voice really well. When I say inner critic or gremlin, I am talking about the narrator in your head. This critic uses your vulnerabilities against you to poison relationships, prevent you from believing in yourself, and to sow seeds of doubt, which can stop you from pursuing your dreams out of fear. This internal critical voice wants you to accept their interpretation as reality. And they use the knowledge they have from your past experiences as evidence that you will fail if you try to step out of your comfort zone or if you try to work on improving yourself. So this inner critic can masquerade as our authentic self by using these past experiences that haunt us. This critic keeps us in a weakened, vulnerable state where we feel powerless and helpless. If you have a particularly harsh critic, like most perfectionists do, this internal dialogue can be so destructive and this inner abuse can lead to physical ailments caused by stress. It can also lead to anxiety, depression, insomnia, and even suicidal thoughts. This critic will convince you to operate out of habit and never take risks that would lead to change. Our critics prevent us from working towards progress in our lives. This limits your ability to tap into your creative flow where new ideas are generated and epiphanies can occur. Here's how you can identify if you have an active critic. Because remember, we all have one. Some people will just have louder versions than others. If you notice that this inner voice tries to convince you to stay stuck in negative cycles and unhealthy patterns, then this is your critic at work behind the scenes in your life. Your critic will use language like, you can't, you should, you must, and this language keeps you trapped in these patterns. So watch for this type of language in your self-talk. When this happens, change the wording to, I choose or I choose not to. This puts you back in the driver's seat, and you have the power of choice. The other wording of can't, should, or must takes all of your options and choices away and leaves you feeling powerless. To break out of this stagnant pattern, view yourself as the fool in the tarot, and imagine yourself stepping into a new adventure or path where you can choose your own adventure. What paths would you want to explore? Experiment with change in your life. Switch things up and try something totally new. Or 
Step into the hangman card in the major arcana and shift your perspective. How does the situation look from a new vantage point? Does this offer you better options than you felt stuck with before? The critic wants to stop you from seeing your way out. The critic is who imprisons us in the Eight of Swords when we feel trapped with no escape and blinded to any escape routes. It's all coming from within, even if we don't realize it. Start to really pay attention to what your critic is saying. Notice what type of language is used. How do you talk to yourself? Would you speak to another human being that way? If the answer is no, then ask yourself, why is it okay to speak to yourself this way day in and day out? Words matter, and that is the vibration you're putting yourself in daily. If it is negative self-talk, then that low energy stays with you throughout your day, and it impacts your mood, your attitude, your outlook, and the way you interact with others. It can even affect how you view yourself and how you feel about yourself. I would encourage you to start to write down your inner dialogue every day for a month. Then go back and review your responses to look for patterns. If the dialogue is mostly negative, then your critic is running rampant. It could be the root cause that you've been searching for to explain your depression, anxiety, anger, or fatigue. As you become more aware of this internal critic, You are shining a light on the damage they are causing. And the brighter the light you shine on old fears, outdated ideas, and destructive habits, the better you can detect the falsities in those statements and beliefs. Your critic works overtime to convince you that you're not worthy of what you want, and then you're not deserving of what you desire. But you are. I heard Cash Peters say something profound last week, and I wrote it down because I knew that I wanted to add it to this episode. He said the thing you want the most is hiding behind the thing you fear the most. So you really have to want it and work for it and own it to have it. That really resonated with me because fear and anxiety keep most of us from going after what we really want. Many times we just convince ourselves that we can't go after our dreams because we are told internally that we will fail, that we aren't good enough, that we aren't special enough, that we aren't talented enough. You can insert whatever excuse you give yourself here. We all have these doubts running through our heads 24-7, and many of us start to believe that these statements are true. So we cave to that fear, and we never take the leap. I heard Bakara Whitner say something that really struck with me this week as I was preparing for this episode. She was talking about fear keeping us terrified to make that jump that we know we need to make in order to level up in our spiritual journey. She said something along the lines of, none of you have jumped and had it not been okay because you're still here. And I thought, hmm, well, that is true. Even if we struggled with leaping, we are all still here. I knew I was going to be talking about this topic this week when she said that. So my brain started churning over this and it all connects. Our critic feeds us these lies and fears. And we start to buy into that lie that if we make changes in our life or within ourselves, that we will lose friends, that we could be proven wrong, we could be rejected or embarrassed. And so many of us choose what is known or familiar over the unknown. 
So it is then natural for us to choose what we deem as safe. We stay in our comfort zone, in our safety zone. No one likes to face rejection for a new idea or a new life path. So we stay where it's safe. I have faced that struggle. Making this podcast using my name was a huge hurdle I had to face because only a handful of people in my life knew that I read tarot. That fear of having to deal with people that might disapprove wreaked havoc in my life for a few months. And I would second guess making that move until one day I just felt a switch flip within me. I felt at peace with the fact that it might turn some people off because I realized, you know what? That's their problem and not mine. I started to feel that it just wasn't worth hiding part of myself any longer. And to be honest, this whole COVID-19 situation has really helped me realize that the world needs massive healing right now. And I, I don't think we can heal if we aren't being our authentic selves. So with all that going on, one day, I just chose to step into the light and into my power. And when I did that, I felt the fear start to fade away. My critic lost the power in that situation. Because in that moment, I just said, I don't care what the consequences are. I'm doing it anyway. And when we do that, we take the power back. The critic has no leverage over us at that point. See, my critic was saying, you can't come out of the tarot closet. You must continue hiding. You must play small and not show the world what you're passionate about. See, this is how they keep control over us. If we continue to buy into these lies, the critics try to frighten us into not taking action. Never underestimate how manipulative this critic is. I think of the critic as a used car salesman who will do anything to sell you an overpriced, broken-down car. Armed with this knowledge that we now have about this critic and the tactics that they'll use, we can start to see these tricks. We can start to see how they are keeping us living in fear. So I want you to shine your spotlight on your own critic and watch them squirm. They don't like it when you're on to them and on to all of their schemes. Just shine that light on them and recognize what they're doing and laugh at them. It's just like in Harry Potter when they disarm the Bogarts by changing the scenes in their minds. What they're doing is they're making them appear less frightening and threatening. The critic holds no power once we see through their lies. You can change how you look at your critic just like they did in Harry Potter. It's not so scary when you change your perspective. If this sounds like a battle you are fighting, then I highly recommend reading the book Taming Your Gremlin, A Surprisingly Simple Way of Getting Out of Your Own Way by Rick Carson. The link is in the show notes to the book on Amazon. I've used this book in my private practice for about 13 years now, and it really lays out this concept of your inner gremlin so well. Some of the concepts that I'm covering today are based on his material. I've successfully used this technique with hundreds of clients over the years of my psychological practice. In the second part of this episode, we will take a look at tarot cards linked to inner critics, and I will share with you the custom spread that I created for this podcast to help you tame your inner critic. (music) 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you would like to support this podcast monthly, please consider signing up for a small pledge to help me be able to continue to produce these quality episodes every two weeks. There's a listener support link at the bottom of the show notes for each episode. You can also find that link on the Anchor site for my podcast, and it's also provided in my companion blogs for each podcast episode on my website, healingthroughterror.com. Any pledge is appreciated. In the second part of this episode, we're going to look at the tarot and talk about ways that the cards are warning us that our critic is causing trouble in our lives. The critic comes up for me with several cards. The devil card is the first card that I think of when I envision my inner critic. This is a card of deception, doubts, fears, anxiety, addictions, vices. This is what binds and restricts us. When we pull this card, we could ask ourselves, where am I lying to myself? How am I deceiving myself? How am I dealing with my fears? Am I running from them or letting them keep me from moving forward? What deals am I making that are costing me or keeping me bound in undesirable situations? Then you will need to look at how to implement changes in your life to face those fears and release yourself from this bondage. And only ask this if you are mentally and emotionally prepared to hear the truth. When reading terror, there's nowhere to hide. The cards will call you out, and you have to be willing to hear what you may have been trying so hard to avoid hearing or facing about yourself. You need to be in the right frame of mind to do shadow work and to ask these hard-hitting questions. With shadow work, what we've been pushing down deep inside ourselves may rise up to be faced once and for all. So make sure you're ready to take this step. Other major arcana cards that come up related to the credit work could be the emperor to signify where we are overly strict with ourselves and pushing ourselves too hard to the point of burnout. Ask yourself how to pull back on the overachieving and unnecessary pressure you're putting on yourself. The Hierophant comes up for me when I feel pressured to conform to societal rules that I don't feel comfortable with. So with this card, look at what you feel you're giving up or not pursuing out of pressure from those that feel you should follow societal rules or societal norms. Where can you break away from the pack and carve out your own path that feels more in line with your own beliefs and morals instead of caving into societal pressure? The temperance card can come up as a warning to balance yourself out and slow things down. This card may be a call for moderation if you've become too obsessive on one end of the spectrum, causing an imbalance or substance abuse issue. Our critics often drive us to one end of the spectrum, either towards procrastination and stagnation, or obsessiveness in becoming a workaholic. Finding balance in all areas of your life helps to keep the critic from pushing you to either extreme. 
Judgment often comes up as a wake-up call or a call to get on the right path. The critic could be trying to steer you away from the path that would lead to enlightenment and happiness. And this card is the advice to resist that bad advice from the critic. It could also signify a judgmental attitude you have towards yourself and others. The moon can signify secrets hiding under the surface that are the root cause of the issue. This could be a call to do some shadow work and to look at subconscious thoughts that are the cause for the issue you need help with. And look at fears when the moon comes up. They could even be fears that are hidden below the surface that you haven't really identified yet. The critic likes to keep you in the dark and uninformed, so when you attempt to start inner work, the critic may distract you to keep you from unveiling the relevant information you need to grow on your journey. And the tower can be the consequence of our actions if we have been making poor decisions or even been too indecisive to make the call that needed to be made. Often we look at the tower as a negative occurrence, but much of the time the tower serves a greater purpose, which is to clear out the broken structure or system that was faulty in order to give us a clean slate to start to build a better structure on. This gives us a more stable foundation, and this is that opportunity to rebuild and do it the right way. The suit of swords is the main suit that I associate with the inner critic. Seven of swords comes up for me when I'm avoiding something that I need to be paying attention to. Here we can ask, when am I deceiving myself? How am I deceiving myself? What am I avoiding? Also ask yourself what your intentions are at that moment. Are you engaging in any sneaky, underhanded behavior? It's also a warning to be aware of those around you who might be deceiving you or cheating you. In this case, since we're talking about the critic, it could be the critic that is the one that's deceiving you. So use this card to explore in what way the critic is dealing in self-deception. When I see the Five of Swords or Seven of Swords, I always think of Bakara Whitner saying, You're playing yourself. That is one of her cards from the postcards from the liminal space. I also think this card comes up when we need to ask, when am I being manipulative and opportunistic at the expense of others? Since the Seven of Swords is a sneaky, manipulative card, we need to consider that we are possibly the ones engaging in this behavior. And the critic could be the reason. The critic wants to keep you suspicious of others and untrusting, which could lead you to act out in ways you normally wouldn't. And since the Seven of Swords is also about avoidance, are you playing the victim and not taking responsibility? Are you avoiding accountability? It doesn't help you to hide. So explore the reason you feel stuck in the avoidance mode. The Eight of Swords is definitely a card that can represent your internal gremlin. The figure in the Eight of Swords feels trapped, but they are really only trapped due to self-imprisonment. If you look at the card, you can see that the figure can get out of the situation if she would just take off the blindfold and see that she's not really trapped externally. It is self-imposed and can represent how our fears and doubts keep us stuck in life when we have pathways out that we don't initially see. Ask yourself why you feel trapped in this moment and start to envision ways out of the situation if you change your perspective. 
Are there options and vantage points you haven't considered yet that could lead to a way out of this predicament? The Nine of Swords is the card of panic, fear, anxiety, nightmares, and insomnia. Ask yourself what outdated fears the critic could be using here to keep you in such a panic state that you feel restless and worried and maybe even paranoid. Also, try to identify the exact language your critic has been using to stir up these fears. How can you rephrase that language? Remember, just changing the words, I can't, I should, or I must, to I choose to, or I choose not to, can help lessen that panicked feeling. Because your chest starts to relax when you introduce choice back into your life. Try it. It's really simple to do. The five in all of the suits can come up when your inner critic is running wild. When the five of swords is present, be aware of your interactions and motives where others are concerned. Are you operating under a win-at-all-cost mindset? If you are, it might be time to pull back and reassess. This card is a warning to pick your battles. This fight might not end well for you. You may feel as if you're winning at the moment, but in the end, you could lose friends by the way you acted in that scenario. The critic often convinces us that there's a great divide between ourselves and others and that we have to win no matter what. Pay attention to what falsehoods the critic is feeding you here to lure you into this type of mindset. For me, this card always signals that the ego could be an issue and that it might be a good time to check that ego and do some of your inner work to shed that ego especially if it's causing chaos in your life. When locked in a battle, our instinct may be to win and to go for the jugular, but we aren't able to see in the moment what that behavior could be costing us in the long run. Is winning really worth it if it leaves you alone and empty-handed? When the Five of Swords comes up, ask, where am I sabotaging myself? Where am I cheating myself and others? And then look at what this is costing you. What are you giving up for that win? The Four of Pentacles for me can signal the warning not to be so caught up in the need for safety that you never push outside your comfort zone out of fear. Your inner critic can keep you paralyzed by running fear-based scenarios through your mind constantly. That critic might say, if you take that chance or you make a change, you might lose your job, your friends, or face judgment and criticism. Then you might pull back and pass on opportunities that would have been good for you. This card can also signify greediness and stinginess if you feel that you can't give any of your resources to help others because the critic tells you that you would end up with less for your own safety and security. The Four of Cups is similar here when you think about what opportunities you may be passing up because you didn't see what was being offered to you. The critic deals in distraction as well. And that brings us right to the Seven of Cups, which could symbolize indecisiveness due to constant distractions that waste your time or keep you from engaging in healthy activities that would move you forward on your path. The Seven of Cups also signifies all of the temptations we feel in life, including lust, materialism, creature comforts, money, addiction, etc. This card could be a warning not to be immobilized by distractions 
too many choices or temptations, or being tempted by the wrong things. The critic will tempt you with all kinds of self-destructive experiences along the way. Watch out for that tactic. The Seven of Wands is often an internal struggle for me. The critic comes to mind when I think about what could be going on internally for the figure who is fighting off seven wands in the image. These wands could represent expectations of others, what we think we should do, anxiety, depression, comparing ourselves to others, criticism, or fears. It can feel like we are fighting constant battles internally without any relief. If the Ten of Wands card comes up for you, this could mean that you're carrying too much on your shoulders and could be headed for serious burnout. Your critic could be driving you to take on way too many responsibilities out of fear of saying no to others. Reassess what you're shouldering and simplify your load if possible. It's perfectly okay to say no if you need to look up for your own health and well-being. I see this as a similar warning to what I was saying about the emperor regarding overworking yourself. The court cards in reverse or on the negative side of the spectrum would also show self-sabotaging behavior related to your inner critic. Like the emotionally manipulative King of Cups or the dramatic and vindictive side of the Queen of Wands. The King of Wands on the negative side of the spectrum shows tyrannical personality characteristics that many would classify as sociopathic behavior. So taking all this information into consideration, look deeper into these cards we talked about to see if your critic is stirring up trouble and chaos for you. Also look at what your motives and intentions are when these cards arise and look at where you're making deals that aren't serving you in your daily life. Asking these types of questions can help you tame your inner critic and help you get back in the driver's seat. Disarming this mischievous inner gremlin can help you start to make more conscious decisions going forward and help you stop sabotaging yourself. I created a custom spread to help all of us tame our inner critic, and I'm going to walk you through each of these card positions now. I called the six-card spread the Taming Your Inner Critic spread. The first card is a card to represent your inner critic. Look at the image on the card. This could help give you a feel for the type of energy your critic embodies or the types of tricks they use to deceive and manipulate you. Card two asks, how do I sabotage myself? Card three asks, what lie do I tell myself? And feel free to pull even more cards here if needed for each position. For card position four, we are asking, what unhealthy cycle do I need to break? Card five, how can I get out of my own way? So this card will help guide you to sidestep the critic's manipulative tactics. And that brings us to the last card, card six. How can I love myself more? Here we want to look at ways to begin the self-love process, which helps to dissolve the hold the critic has on us. This helps to stop the cycle of verbal inner abuse and harsh self-criticism. I hope this spread and this content in this episode helps you to start to take back the power in your life. 
and I hope you're able to tame that inner critic. If you throw this spread for yourself, I would love to see the photos. Tag me in your post on Instagram. I'm at Healing Through Tarot. And use the hashtag Healing Through Tarot Taming Critic Spread so I can see all of your wonderful spreads. In the next episode, I will be discussing the ways I use tarot for creative projects, including writing, creating character profiles, and storyboards. So join me next time as we start to use tarot in more creative and innovative ways. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you found this information valuable, consider subscribing to the show so you never miss an episode. And please rate and review this podcast and tell fellow car readers about the show. You can find more tarot tips on my blog on HealingThroughTarot.com and on my Pinterest and Instagram page, both under Healing Through Tarot. That's through, spelled T-H-R-U. See you next time, card slingers.